0: Watching Blue Planet 2 on BBC, enjoying that? Uh, I saw a a couple of these. The the, the first one I saw, I love this. Did you see the surfing dolphins? They found they just go surfing just because they love it. No apparent purpose other than just having fun. As a Christian, uh, programs like this remind me that God's creativity is just extraordinary. Scientists will tell us that we've only discovered um, around about 5% of the world's oceans. 95% remain undiscovered. Um, We've only discovered about 15% of the animal and plant life on planet Earth. Astronomers will tell us that we can only see 4% of the universe right now. 4%. And so it raises the question in my mind, what kind of creator would create a world where there is so much to discover? And my answer would be someone incredibly generous. Incredible generosity to create a world with so much to discover. And incredible generosity, as we've remembered this morning in communion, that God will not only give us the world, but would give us his son. And for those that have said yes to Jesus... He gives us another gift, and that's the gift of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the primary way that God is with each one of us today. And throughout the Bible, you will find hundreds of stories of people who had life-changing experiences and encounters with God through this person that we know as the Holy Spirit. And I know many of us here would say exactly the same. We've had that kind of experience. If you're here this morning and you wouldn't yet say that you're a follower of Jesus, uh, it's great that you're here this morning. What I'm going to talk about is the life of adventure that I believe that God would love you to live. And I indeed, it's the life that I believe that he wants all of us to live. It's a life that we can call a naturally supernatural life. Natural, not weird. Normal. And supernatural, meaning beyond the natural that there would be things in our lives that we do and we experience where that can only be explained by God. I have no other explanation. Supernatural. Have you seen the Matrix trilogy of films? Did anyone understand them? I I, I don't understand. There's a a world that these people live in, but there is another dimension. And the the lead character is Neo, uh, played by Keanu Reeves, and there's this scene... Uh, where he uh, has this uh, encounter with a guy called Morpheus, uh, played by Lawrence Fishburne, and he's offered either a red pill or a blue pill. And Morpheus says this to him, he says, You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. That's what Neo took. Enabled him to engage with the true nature of the world around him. The world that he could see and the world beyond that. And I believe that God wants that for every one of us in that kind of same kind of way. To become aware that there's more than the world that we physically see around us. There is a supernatural world. There is the realm of God's kingdom waging war against the kingdom of darkness. And we see God's kingdom breaking in with power and restoration into our world. So, red pill, blue pill. Do you want to see it? Do you want to experience the more that God has? So, we're continuing our series this morning, which we've entitled Naturally Supernatural. If you have a Bible or a device with a Bible on, uh, we're going to be looking at some verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. It's a letter written by the Apostle Paul. We're going to spend this week and the next two weeks looking at what we call spiritual gifts. Gifts that the Holy Spirit gives that enable us to experience this supernatural world and to bring that world, his kingdom, to other people. So I'd love to pray for us all, and then we'll read a few verses from 1 Corinthians 12. Lord, thank you for your presence today. Lord, thank you for the incredible gift of your Son. And Lord, thank you for the gift of your Spirit. And Holy Spirit, again, we welcome you. Come and deeply impact us today. But we want to experience more of you. So fill us afresh. Fill us in you. Speak to us. Encourage us. Challenge us. Inspire us. Propel us forward today. Jesus' name. Amen. This is from verse one. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. By means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines What I want to do this morning is to lay some foundations for us as we think about spiritual gifts. We'll then dig a little bit into a first set of them this morning, and then over the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll dig more deeply in. But I want to just lay some foundations uh, with us this morning. Seven foundations. The first is, there's always more for us to discover. Always more for us to discuss. Verse 1, Paul says that he doesn't want us to be uninformed. In other words, none of us should get to the end of our days and say, gosh, I wish I'd known that. Paul doesn't want us to be like that. You may have been in churches that focus on a lot of good things, maybe have a, a particular focus on the Bible, and that's wonderful. The Bible is an incredible gift from God. But maybe uh, in that kind of uh, church that experience, there was rarely any talk of the Holy Spirit. Uh, for me personally, I grew up in a good, Bible believing, faith filled church. But there was relatively little experience of the Holy Spirit's presence or of his gifts. That was my experience. But I knew from the Bible that there was more. That as a Christian, I was called to do the things that Jesus did. Is. And so as I became a part of this church, I experienced more. And I grew in what we have effectively called doing the stuff. Doing the stuff that we see Jesus doing in the Gospels, doing those kind of things. So that's the first thing. There is always more. Secondly, is I believe that all Christians have received the Holy Spirit. I spoke about this last week about how we can be filled with the holy spirit most evangelical bible believing christians agree that we receive the holy spirit at the point of conversion at the point of saying yes to jesus and we read that in our text this morning in verse 3 paul writes no one can say jesus is lord except by the holy spirit except by the holy spirit But as I shared last week, I don't believe that we get a lifetime supply of the Holy Spirit at that point of conversion. So it's not like God puts a billion pounds worth of deposit in our spiritual bank account that we just spend off for the rest of our lives. In fact, the New Testament writers talk to us about going on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we leak. We need to keep coming back and receiving the gift of the Spirit. So one of the things that I would love for every person in our church community is if I went and said to you, when were you filled with the Spirit, your answer to me would be this morning. I got up this morning and I said, Lord, would you fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit? In fact, Andy, I did exactly the same yesterday and the day before. And the day, oh yeah, and back in 1987, I experienced that for the first time. But I keep coming back because I know over those 30 years I've kept leaking. And so I've kept coming back and asking for more. Third foundation. Spiritual gifts are gifts. That's profound. It actually is, even if it doesn't sound it. Spiritual gifts are gifts. They are given. Did you see that through the text? Because quite a lot of the time. Gifts are given. They are given. They're not We don't own them. We are given them, verse 11, as the Spirit determines. And one of you, have you ever had a thought that goes something like this? God, why don't you give me that gift? God, why don't you give me more prophetic words for people, like you do to such and so? In fact, I don't think they're a very good Christian at all. Why don't you you give more of that kind of prophetic gift to me? God, it's just, God, you even spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. Why why don't you give more? God, it's not fair. It's not fair. And sometimes our focus can shift to ourselves and what we think God ought to give us. Maybe what we think we're owed. If you are or have been tempted to think that way, here's a remedy. Here's a remedy. As we read the text in 1 Corinthians 12, and it'll come up on this slide, we see the gifts. But if you take a step back, I don't think that's the focus of the text. It's like if you go to the National Portrait Gallery, there's a room where there's this massive painting on one wall. And if you go real close up to it, you see one bit of it. But you only see it in context when you step right back. If you step back from this text, there's a word that I believe will jump out to you. It's on this next slide. Spirit. Spirit focus of this text i don't believe it's the gifts but it is the holy spirit himself that is our fourth foundation seek the giver not just his gifts seek the giver not just his gifts you see imagine a situation where you are giving someone a birthday present and they then in that moment just give 100% of their focus to the gift and ignore you completely. How would you feel? How would you feel? Niffed? A bit fed up? Packed off? See, gifts are a symbol of love and relationship, aren't they? They're not the whole they're not the whole event. They're, they're, a, they're a part of relationship. And the giver is more important than the gift. And I think that's what Paul is wanting to remind us of. To seek the giver, not just the gifts. Seek the person of the Holy Spirit, not just what he can give to us. Now let's take a look at verse 6. Really important verse in this text. Let me just read it again to us. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone... It is the same God at work. Now you will have heard me share about this before. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of Greek, but I have one favourite Greek word. It's a little Greek word, pas, pass, and it means all. And in this verse, that word occurs twice. Pass and pass is what Paul writes, and it means 100%. And you see it at the end of this verse: all gifts. In everyone. All in all is what Paul writes. Fifth foundation. All in all. God works all of his gifts in all believers. And I believe that understanding this and embracing this is life-changing. Because what it means is that the Holy Spirit can work any of his gifts In any one of us at any time that he chooses. And so you may have heard people say, you may have said this yourself, I don't have the gift of evangelism. So, you know, I'll leave the sharing of the good news of Jesus to the pros. To those people that are particularly gifted in that way. Or, I don't have the gift of healing, I'm really sorry that your back is bad, you're going to go and have to ask somebody else. I, I, I I just don't have that. Now... It is true that we might have what we might call a a ministry, a particular area where God seems to use us quite frequently. And we build up a track record in that. But I believe that God can give any one of us any of his gifts at any time. And, And we saw some of them listed today. So you might be in a situation where someone needs healing. I believe that God can release a gift of healing through you and through me in that sense spiritual gifts are situational John Wimber the founding pastor of the video often used to talk about um, spiritual gifts being like a toolbox so imagine yourself as a workman turning up uh, to, to fix something that is broken you know so you're, you're faced with this this job something that needs fixing and the question you have to ask is what am I going to take out of the toolbox do I need a hammer do I need a wrench? Do I need a screwdriver? What needs fixing in this situation? And so in the workplace tomorrow, you might uh, have a conversation with your colleague, and they say to you, I've got a really bad back. And what I would love us to be is the kind of people that say, you know what? Don't don't say this bit out loud. Say this bit to yourself. I, I am someone who has received the person of the Holy Spirit. And that means that all gifts become possible in this moment. And so, Holy Spirit, Spirit, I would love you to, could could I pick up some healing right now? Could you you release that into this moment? And then you say to your colleague, this might sound crazy, but but I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I believe that God can heal. And so, could I pray for you? Would that be all right? And you see what God might release in that. You might talk to someone who's facing a particular challenging situation, and you're sat there thinking, I have no idea what to say. And all of a sudden, and I've had this experience where all you know it's like it's bypassed my head and words have come out of my mouth which are just very wise. And I've almost like turned to myself and said, Where did that come from? And then you sort of that's a gift of the spirit, a word of wisdom. And you might just meet someone tomorrow. ...that needs that. See, I believe that the primary gift that we need... ...is the Holy Spirit. The primary gift that we need. And as we receive him... ...and are open to him... ...he will release the gifts that are needed... ...in the situations that we find ourselves in. And so I think it is better... ...to think less about the gifts... ...that you feel that you have... ...or that you don't have... ...and to think more about the gift of the Holy Spirit himself. The next verse, verse 7. Find this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Sixth foundation stone. The gifts are to bless others, not just you. They're given for the common good. The manifestation, which simply means a demonstration of God's power through spiritual gifts, is to bless and benefit others. And that is both inside and outside of the gathered church environment. Now, if you're someone that reads the gospel stories, I wonder whether you've noticed where Jesus healed most people. There are about a little over 20 specific accounts in the gospels of Jesus healing people. Three are in the synagogue. In the church the majority were as he was out and about and then we come to verses eight to 11 I'm just going to read them again to refresh our memory. to one there is given the spirit uh, uh, given through the spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit They come in all shapes and sizes. I don't think this list is to be taken exhaustively. uh, But when we look at this list in Corinthians, um, we can roughly put these gifts into three groups. And this is the way that we're going to walk through these over the next couple of weeks. There are speaking gifts, or what we might say is the mouth of God, uh, a gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues or languages, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. Then there are knowing gifts, or if you like, the eyes of God, uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the distinguishing between spirits, gifts of discernment. And then there are the doing gifts, the hands of God, a gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles. And so what we're going to do just very briefly is I'm going to take a quick look at the first of those, at the speaking gifts, and then we'll dig more into the other two groupings over the next couple of weeks. These three gifts. Firstly, the gift of prophecy. What is a gift of prophecy? Well, you'll find all sorts of definitions out there. I found this one helpful. Um, It's by a theologian called Wayne Grudem, and he writes this. Although several definitions have been given for the gift of prophecy, a fresh examination of the New Testament teaching on this gift will show that it should not be defined as predicting the future, nor as proclaiming a word from the Lord, nor as powerful preaching, but rather as telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. I and mean, I love that. I love that. Telling something that God has brought to mind. very simply, God shares something with us, a message, and we act as a messenger, sharing it as he directs. That might be at that time. It might be that God says, Hold it. It's not for straight away. It's for another time. That's where we need some wisdom. But it's a message that we are given and we act as a messenger. When we get those kind of things, it's really good to say something like, You know, if you go and share that with somebody, you know, I sense the Lord saying such and so. Or I feel like the Lord might be saying this. Rather than putting on a big Old Testament beard. And a big booming voice and saying, Thus saith the Lord. Why is that important? It's important because none of us are perfect. We hear in part. We don't always get it right. And we need to leave space for people to weigh a word for themselves rather than this kind of big booming Old Testament voice. In my personal experience, I reckon that over 90% of prophetic words that I Receiver I have given have confirmed what was already known. So that's one of the things about this gift, it often brings a great sense of reassurance. You know, you might share something with somebody and they say, Oh, that's just what I was sensing the Lord saying. And it brings that huge sense of peace. So I've experienced that a number of times in my life. It's kind of like I was hearing God speaking. I wasn't sure, but it has just been affirms to me. So the gift of prophecy, God dropping things into our hearts and minds that are a message that we might share with a person or a group of people in his timing. The gift of speaking in tongues, that, I don't know, even the language sounds quite strange at one level, particularly if you've not been a- around church for years and years, Um I personally think that a better uh, phrase is speaking in languages. That's probably closer to the language of the text. Um, Now, that language that sometimes when you read through uh, the Bible, that is a heavenly language, an angelic language, the kind of language that can enrich um, our personal devotional life, um, but can also be very helpful. I've found this in settings where I've been praying um, for healing, for example, and just starting speaking In tongues, in a spiritual language, just as a way of dialing in to God, of refocusing myself towards him. But sometimes the language that God releases is an earthly language. In other words, a known language, but not known to you. One that you haven't been taught. And and a classic example of that would be um, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, where these uneducated people, uh, the disciples, were filled with the Spirit, and spoke in languages in this kind of very cosmopolitan city of Jerusalem, and people heard the good news in their own language. The gift of tongues, let me just say this quite clearly, the gift of tongues, I do not believe, is a sign of being a Christian. I do not see that biblically. But what I also recognize is that in the book of Acts, when you read stories of people coming to faith, They often received the gift of tongues at that point. I don't believe it's a sign of, but it often accompanied that point. Now, I found this study interesting. There was a a scientific study in 2014 by a brain specialist who was also a Christian, and he found that speaking in tongues gives your immune system a 35 to 40% boost. good for your health. It's good for your health. When we come to pray in a few minutes' time, if you are someone who are asking God for this gift, we would love to pray for you because it enriches you and can enrich the way that you minister to others. The third of these gifts, the gift of interpretation of tongues, interpretation of those other languages, it really does what it says on the tin. It translates what's been said in another language into a language that's understandable by the predominant people that are present. In 1 Corinthians 14, two chapters on from where we've read, Paul says that this gift is needed so that the gift of tongues would be understood, so that its message would be fruitful, it would be a building to that community of people, and he says we should pray for this gift. So that is a very brief Whistle Stop Tour this morning. We're going to dig into more next week. question I want to close with is this. What does this mean to you and me? What does it mean to people like us? If you've said yes to Jesus, you've been born again in the language of the Bible. The Holy Spirit has entered your life. I'm going to ask the same couple of questions that I asked last week. If you consider yourself to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, do you believe that you have as much of the Holy Spirit and his gifts as you need? And the second question like it, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, do you believe you have as much of the Holy Spirit and his gifts as God wants you to have? I believe the honest answer, when I ask that question myself, the answer is no. I don't. I don't have as much as I want. I don't believe I have as much as God wants me to have. If you find yourself like me, two smart things to do. I'll share these again. Firstly, put yourself in environments where people are seeking more of the Spirit. Find those places, weekend services, home groups, prayer gatherings, those kind of places where other people are trying to do the same. And the second thing is ask God. Ask God. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire, ask, ask God. A couple of opportunities coming up. Two Sundays time on the 26th of November, the prophetic team that is gathering as part of our church are going to be facilitating some personal prophecy time um, after our morning services um, that morning. So if you want to be a part of that, you want someone to say, hey, is God speaking to me? Could you share a word with me? Sunday the 26th of November, mark that in your diary. And then the following Friday evening, Friday the 1st of December, um, the prophetic team, which is led by Gareth and Helen Gurner and Sarah Morgan, are going to be leading... and evening uh, where they're going to be exploring more of this gift of prophecy and just a space where you and I can be eagerly desiring more, eagerly desiring more, particularly in the area of prophetic gifting. So I just encourage you to mark your diaries with those things. Wonderful. If you're able, could I invite you to stand again, create space where each of us can ask God for more. And I will pray that, but there's only so much that I can do. What I want to encourage each of you to do, where you are right now, is simply to reach out to God You're helped, and, and I find this often very helpful, is to hold your hands out in front of you because the Spirit comes as a gift. He is given. And I like to imagine myself, you know, you, you do this with children, don't we? You know, on their birthday, you say, close your eyes, hold out your hands, and then you put that gift that you love to give them, that you've been thinking about, that you've been planning, that, that is just some demonstration of your love towards that child and you put that gift into their hands and that is just a small fraction of the way that God loves each one of us and as we open our lives to him he's just lavish towards us that he would give his own spirit his own holy spirit into our And so, Holy Spirit, would you do that afresh today? Pour out your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we, at 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 the deepest honest bits of our hearts, we say that we need more. fill every one of us fresh right now. From uh, the soles of our feet to the crown of our head and everything in between. Every beat of our hearts. Every part of our bodies. You know, I have a sense this morning. You know, just as we pray for the Spirit to fill our physical bodies. That is a prayer that that our physical bodies will be set aside for the purposes of God and not for other things. And and you may be aware that, that physically your body goes places where you'd rather it didn't go. And maybe you see things that you wish you didn't see. And so, Holy Spirit, I want to ask that right now, bring transformation to us. That you, in your power, would cut us off from going places with our physical bodies where we don't want to go. And that you would be setting aside even our physical bodies for your purposes. To be taking us into places where there is life and where we can bring life. And so, Lord, I want to ask that even at that level of our physical bodies, you would fill us with the power of your Spirit this morning. To live lives, in in the language of the Bible, live, live lives worthy of the calling that we've been given. this morning and say that that the greatest gift that we need is you. So Lord, we give ourselves to you knowing that you give yourselves to us. like the wind, like breath. And I can see a number of people, it's like like leaves on a tree that flutter in the wind. And see, if you experience that, it's not the only way that we experience the Spirit, but it is one way. Would you just allow the Lord to keep breathing upon you? That you you would like flutter in His breath? That, That your life Be moved by his. That your life would be responsive to him. spoke about the gift of tongues the gift of languages and the way that that enriches us if, if you're somebody you saying I've never received that but I, but I would love to we would love to pray for you this morning you, you're so welcome to come on forward in a moment um, if you're someone that you haven't or don't feel that you've ever had that that kind of gift of the prophetic of of receiving something that you have shared with somebody else. That, that message, you know, that God has popped into your head to share with someone else. If you feel you've never had that, or you're not sure, we would love to pray for you this morning. We would love to see that released through you. And and for some this morning, I just had this sense about that, that red pill, blue pill moment. Do you want to see more? Do you want to experience... More of the reality of the world that you live in, and if your answer to that is yes, we'd love to pray for you this morning. I, I, I the, the last thing I'll share. I mean, if you have other needs, we'd love to pray for you this morning. There'll be people that will come, and, and as you come to the front here, people will come and gather with you. Um, I had a sense of people here this morning um, that the Lord wanted to heal, release healing um, in the area of blood. Conditions that, that could be anemia through to other things, but conditions that affect your, your blood supply. Um, and, the, and the other thing was in the area of, of diabetic conditions, I, either diabetes itself or, or symptoms that are diabetic like. We would love to pray with you this morning. So, as Ash leads us in a song of worship, if, if those kind of things resonate with you or other needs, would you come to this area around the front and the sides here? Um, Some people will come and stand with you, pray with and for you this morning. Lord, we bless what you're doing. We bless the way that you're at work in our lives.